Please. Like, I'm just excited, okay? I'm excited. This is, I just got back into the office. I was uh, streaming. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Too, way, way too happy. Uh, all right, let me take it down a notch. Welcome to Glitch, please. He's more dignified. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of video games on this episode. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, there's a new discussion around um, gamers being super toxic and making developers scared of them. So I think we can lead <laughs> off with that. I um, don't know how that could be possible. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about uh, what's happening in the news because there have been a couple things that have happened over the last week that are pretty noteworthy. Uh, dig into some Dishonored Death of the Outsider, which recently came out. Uh, and also, all of that is going to be brought to you by by Skillshare, our sponsor for this episode, who we'll talk about a little bit more in depth in a bit. But, uh... <laughs> Missed it. Um, the timing was almost there. So close. We're gonna bring it back if you want. You wanna try it again? No, it's okay. okay. The magic's lost. Next time we'll have to have, like, an animation of it yeah. like, flying away when you do that. I also wasn't sure what it was gonna do, if it was gonna fly off or disappear, so the flick really didn't work. It should have been, like, a magic wand or something. Oh, well. You it's, know what? We'll fix it in post. I'll get it later. All right, so um, let's get right into it with the discussion about gamer toxicity because I think this is like it's a this is pretty pervasive in sort of the gaming community, the internet at large, really, and it's not just restricted to gamers, but it does come up with gamers um, quite a bit. So there hey, was fuck you, we're not toxic. Gamer toxicity. That was actually a really good representation of what it's like to be a developer in the gamer world. Terrifying. Just the little guy that, flailing above what, the spikes. Was that, was that, I couldn't tell if that was Dark Souls or not. I, I didn't really get a good look either. at it. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so there was a Twitter thread um, that was posted a couple days ago, uh, and this sort of like reignited that whole discussion. Um, it's by Charles Randall, who said, uh, The other day, a friend commented to me, I wish game developers were more candid about development. He was surprised when I said we are. The caveat is that we're only candid with other industry people because gamer culture is so toxic that being candid in public is dangerous. See that recent Twitter thread about game design tricks to make games better filled with gamers angry about being lied to? Forums and comment sections are full of uh, Dunning-Kruger specialists who are just waiting for any reason to descend on actual developers. See any thread where some dumbass comments how easy it would be to, say, add multiplayer or <laughs> change engines. Any dev who talks candidly about the difficulty of something like that just triggers a wave of people questioning their entire resume. Questioning here being an absurd euphemism for becoming a target of an entire faction of gamers for harassment or worse. There are still topics I can't touch because I was candid once and it resulted in dub headlines, misunderstandings, and harassment. So, while I'd talk candidly about certain big topics right now, I know doing so would lead to another wave of assholes throwing shit at me. And, of course, I face almost nothing compared to women, people of color, LGBTQ plus folk. But here's the rub. All the stuff you ever wanted to know about game development would be out there if not for the toxic gaming community. We love to talk about development. This is a very long thread. We love to talk about development, the challenges we face, the problems we solve, the shortcuts we take, but it's almost never worth it. I did a public talk a couple weeks ago to a room full of all ages kids. Afterwards, a kid came up to me and was talking about stuff. And I shit you not, this kid, somewhere between 13 and 16, I'd guess, starts talking about how bad devs are because of a YouTuber he watches. He nailed all the points. Bad engines, being greedy, you name it. I was appalled. I did my best to tell him that all those things people freak out about are normal and have justifications. I hope I got through a bit, but I expect he went back to consuming toxic culture via YouTube personalities, and one day he'll probably harass a dev over nonsense. I worry about what other topical hatred he's picking up on at the same time. I guess this leads to a bigger point. 
<clears throat> when you attack developers for being political, that's a facet of the bullshit that forces us to keep things hidden from public view. The elements that contribute to harassing developers over perceived technical slights are the same elements as all the other hate out there. Next time you don't like a game, maybe consider just moving on. What's the value of helping spread hate and toxicity? If more people accepted that it's okay to dislike a game and move on rather than doubling down on harassment, things would be more open. If you're posting extremely negative things about a game you don't like, even with good intentions, you're contributing to this ethos. Being critical and explaining... How many more are of we, we going to read the whole a, thing? No, I don't think <laughs> we are. I think, I think, we, can, I think we I get the gist of it at this point. So, uh, boy. So, <laughs> I think he has a couple good points, but I also think there's a bit of blame shifting happening. There's a, there's First a of all, lot how, of do you feel, how do you feel being a toxic if, YouTuber? If you had 280 yeah, characters... Yeah, fucking YouTuber. You it really, you, yeah, it should have just been like, uh, gamers toxic sad. <laughs> you know, uh, no, I mean, he, yeah, honestly, he raises a really good point, and it's uh, it's not at all in any way a gamer versus developer centric issue. That is a hundred percent just the nature of the internet right now. That's what uh, I mean. Uh, we certainly have to live with that exact same thing, and a lot of it is um, not having a full conversation with somebody. If you say something like, uh, you know, you say something like. Uh, it's hard to switch engines, or uh, yeah, that video was really difficult to make. Um, and that's the end of the com the statement that you put out there. People will very happily finish that conversation in their own heads, get mad about it, and then post their response to the end of the phantom conversation that never took place. Like, well, why, why didn't you do this? And it's stupid. You could have done that. And it's just so cheap. You're just greedy. You could go out and do that. You can go get to pay this. You know make your own engine because it's too lazy not to do that. And at the end of that phantom conversation, they're mad, they're angry, and they pay, They then post the vitriol that they have developed in this, this entire false uh, back and forth based off this one simple statement that you made. I mean, that's, uh, if people could easily access and communicate, but that would really clear a lot of those issues up, but there's no way that one person, in this case like a developer or YouTuber or whatever, can answer or address all of the questions from all of the people and have all those discussions. So it's all just fake discussions. Well, and you may also have that discussion with a person, but that's one person. And there yeah. are millions of persons out there and you can't have that conversation millions of times. Yeah. Uh, so if you, you know, if they're not all paying attention to that one conversation, and let's be honest, most of them aren't, they're gonna miss that entire thing. And you feel like you've explained something and they're all out there still being mad. Yeah. There's an interesting example of this where it's like the opposite, where the developers are very uh, candid, and for the most part it works, and that's Star Citizen. I was, yeah, that's a uh, they, great they one have to bring up. So, plenty of people mad at So, so here's they the deal, do. though, is like, the, the, if you talk to like the broad gamer, they look at Star Citizen and they say, that's a game that's made $150 million and then put out a game yet, what the fuck? But like, if you just give them, like, like point them in a direction and say, here is like literally every week where they update what they're doing with the game, like working on engines, like how, how they made this part of the, like, the, the physics engine work, like, they are so granular with what they talk about, they, they tell everyone everything. And so for at least the people that go and like watch those explanations and, and look at their, their dev logs, like, I would say most of those people are satisfied. Of course, there are still people that just want to be willfully ignorant and like talk about shit about how it hasn't come out yet. And like, yeah, that's totally true. But there, here's the explanation for everything why. Yeah, the, uh, I think the, I think the problem they have have been remarkably transparent. The, the problem yeah. they have is they are very transparent. Like you said, they're very granular about what information they provide, but they haven't been good about hitting 
release dates or milestones. They haven't. And that's and been their I, downfall. I, and I'm not. And, they, I, and, they, I, and they've been trying to convey that as well. It's like when you're conveying some information that doesn't but, get executed on, then it makes people skeptical of the yeah. other information. Uh, so, but I, I'm not giving them a way out. Like that, that stinks that they're missing their targets, but at least they're getting ahead of that and being like, Here's what is causing us to, to be behind. Yeah. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, totally, like, I'm, I'm totally. I'm not mad uh, at, Star, at Robert Space Industries or any right. of that. Yeah. It's I'm, been, I'm in the hole for those guys. Yeah. You <laughs> definitely shit. are. Yeah. You, at this point, you really have a vested interest in them succeeding. The game will come out one day. <laughs> uh, it's been interesting a few times when I've gotten into internet debates with people about that, where we'll, you know, people, you'll say something and people will get upset about it. But then you go in and actually try and directly address those people, and a lot of times you have to immediately kind of diffuse it a bit and go, "Look, I, I we can talk about this. Like, I, there's been a misunderstanding between what I'm trying to communicate and what you're hearing. Uh, but first of all, let's back off of the Rah! and just talk about it like two people for a minute. And as soon as you can engage them on that level, usually it really diffuses the situation, and you can just tell them what you really mean or what that actually how it actually works. And it kind of takes the situation down a notch and, and gets to a much better resolution, but that's not possible on the broader scale. Well, I feel to some degree, um, you know, we see this happen all across the internet. Like you said, there are a lot of things where someone will have an invisible conversation, skip to the end, and they've got upset about the whole thing. But with the gaming community specifically, you know, I've often wondered why it's so frequently attributed to gamers and not just the internet, even though it does pop up elsewhere and we're seeing it pop up more frequently in sort of non-gaming pockets of the internet as well. But with gamers, I wonder how much of it has to do with the, like with video games themselves. We're used to being a hero and fighting against injustice or whatever it is. Um, but to be a hero, you have to oppose something and you have to win. Mm. Otherwise, you're not the hero. And we're all so used to being the hero of our own stories that when we talk about games, that may just seep in. Mm. And so we're we're conscious that like you don't know like who's the bad guy. What is it that I don't like? What is it that I'm not happy with? They're the bad guy now, and I have to win against them. Well, and to to what you're saying, yeah, I mean that's it's a it's something that it tends to attract people with a maybe not overtly but internally aggressive nature. In, to some games, I mean, there. I mean, games where you are uh, aggression uh, re is rewarded by victory. That can seep into other elements of your personality, and it's not something that I don't want to conflate this with the idea that that makes people violent. That's the the whole other debate. That that's a false equivalence. It is sure. because I mean that's because you read literature doesn't make you a violent person because you consume other forms of entertainment. That doesn't innately flip you into like some kind of assassin. Although when I play racing games, I do have to like pull myself <laughs> back next time I get in a car. Okay, that's kind of fair. That's just skills training. <laughs> uh, but and and in most cases, that's not going to cause anyone to actually be hurt, except for maybe you and whatever tree you wrap yourself around. <laughs> um, but that's the internet is the place where people go to vent that inside part the the raving lunatic that lives inside every one of us and they can go on the internet and they can just let that thing loose not to say that they would do it in person that's again very important detail there is that that doesn't mean that people are going to turn into to raving lunatics in life but where there's no consequence like the internet all the crazy comes out do you think if there was no anonymity on the internet you'd see a decrease in that kind of stuff 
Uh, potentially, yeah. Maybe. I think if people felt like they were um, in real life held accountable, like the people that they know around them, mm -hmm. like could see what they're doing and then call them on it in real life, they'd be less likely to put some of that out there. That, I mean, that's really, they have to have a social group that would put that pressure on them, though. I mean, if it was mm -hmm. the internet's so big that just throwing comments at the wall, that's chances are that the people that you work with or the people that you're, you know, you're friends with may or may not ever see anything that you said, True. even if they knew who you were. True. But that's also like it, you know, now with that, uh, we have seen a trend towards people using real names in a lot of social media. There's Facebook, a lot of people have gone to using real names on, you know, Twitter elsewhere so things are starting to get more attached to who people are in real life and they are seeing consequences like are you okay <laughs> what the hell is that i'm good there's a bad swallow it's all right oh no Give we're down the wrong tube there it goes uh, it's fine um you know we're seeing uh not not in the gaming sphere so much although uh there was i was it 343 recently um rescinded a job offer to someone based on comments they'd made on a phone. Really? I didn't mm -hmm. hear about that. What were the comments? Yeah, um, Ben, do you want to pull that up? I'm, yeah. I'm not super clear on the details. I just, um, I've been traveling, so I've been getting yeah. bits and pieces of news, and that was one of them. I'm going to look like, it up. Boy, I revoked a job offer to uh, a Halo community manager. Is he just like, in his off time, he's like, boy, I like strangling puppies, uh, don't you? He was already in the, who was already in the process of moving and quitting their previous <coughs> job. Yeesh. They offered him a, a level designer position. Uh, and it was because of someone made an anonymous account on r slash halo and posted screenshots of old posts um, from like Forge Hub and beyond where he was criticizing Bungie and 343 and various other developers. Criticizing? <laughs> criticizing or like attacking? Yeah. Uh, let me look it up here. Yeah, his, his exact wording was, it seems they weren't pleased with the way I've criticized them in the past between my posts on Forge Hub and beyond. I'll see if I can find the original hmm. posting. So, you know, we, we do see things like that have, oh, uh, so he said things like no one at 343 deserves their job. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit. <laughs> What's such a weird statement to make? Yeah. It is a weird statement to make, but I can see why people potentially employing you uh, if you've gone oh, yeah. on the internet no, and that, said that, that, that nice. they don't deserve their job. That was also recent, or was that? The posting of the story. That was, it looked that was like that, that was, was 2017. Uh, actually, so to clarify that, it seems it wasn't over that post. He was har he harassed and internet stalked multiple community cartographers and insinuated some pretty horrible stuff about them. Well, that's yeah, that's a it. whole different okay. story. If you say yeah. I don't like the way that they made this level, I think they, I could have done better, and then harassing someone, two different things. Jesus Christ! Anytime yeah. uh, stalking comes into yeah. the picture, it's kind of hey, like, don't ooh, don't be a piece right. of shit. Yeah, so. He, uh, for the record, he did reply and refute that claim. He says hmm. uh, he didn't. He claims he didn't do. He didn't stalk or harass anybody. Okay. So, but regardless, hopefully that's, they would have made the decision based off more concrete evidence than just than, than forum posts being. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Uh, you, I imagine that they would have looked into this in greater detail. But to some degree, they might also just not want to be associated with that story. That's true. Which yep. Well, is that a, makes it a story when they, I mean. If you they were sending the job offer. Yeah. It does, but they might also not want it coming back to hit them later. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, if the, if they're not, you know, it's, they're not committed yet. Like he's not in the office working for them. That's something they can still get clear of. I hope we're not at a point where, I mean, uh, let's say that they didn't, uh, 
ever find out about this. He came and worked at the, the office, and then later on, it turned out that he was a terrible person. Uh, I would hope that no one would then conflate 343s giving him a job with him being a terrible person. I mean, that's you you don't blame the someone that gives you a job for not knowing what a secretly an asshat you are. Or do you? You should have done your due diligence. Yeah. Go through every forum post. No, no, you definitely don't. I mean, you, you, with recent examples, like certain media outlets that had to let people or people step down from, like, gaming media outlets, mm-hmm. that, like, they, they weren't blaming the outlets. They blamed the person, the individual, yeah. so. But depending on the outlet, there's something happening in the, the movie scene right now in Austin. Um where, which, where you get outlets that are so tied to specific individuals that yeah. you're not sure if that outlet can survive what's happening. <clears throat> um, specifically, like, what's happening with Harry Knowles, Ain't It Cool News. Uh, we are not a movie podcast, so we won't get into it too much, but, uh, you know, you definitely see um, that sometimes the, the brands need to be very, very careful about mm-hmm. the personalities um, and the people involved who are, like, coming on board. So I do understand it to some degree, but it's a real-life consequence of... Um, in the, this case of Halo, things that are happening online, mm-hmm. and and we see more of it too. Um, there was there you know there have been a couple instances of people uh, online doxing people for saying things they don't like and causing real life consequences as well, or swatting them for funsies. Uh, I feel like you don't hear about that as often anymore. I do feel like sw- I feel yeah. like swatting has like thankfully seems to have not be like the cool new way to torment people. Mm-hmm. So I. Progress. I think police, uh, the police are a little bit more aware of it as well, and you know, maybe they're a little bit more cognizant of when you roll up on an apartment where there's nothing going wrong. Maybe you don't have to bust the door down. You can just kind of check things out first. Knock. Yeah. Hello. Say hi. Do I need to call the SWAT team? Right. <laughs> yes. Hello. Everything okay? <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I'm happy that they've sort of got ahead of that. Um, but, you know, we do see these ways of people trying to do something to, like, actually torment other people. And it's a weird thing that happens in the, you know, in, and swatting doesn't really, it never really happened outside of video games, did it? Well, I think it was a unique uh, position because no. you were streaming and it's, people knew when you were at right. watch. Right. And it, it, it does happen now to like just IRL streamers. So I think it is just a stream centric thing. Like there are certain uh, real life streamers that get swatted that used to be gaming streamers. And I wonder how we can address the sort of toxic community that happens. Because, um, you know, on the one hand, I think that like every time I meet someone in real life who plays video games, they're all nice. Everyone's nice, everyone loves games, we all enjoy the same thing, but then everyone goes online and starts fighting about, uh, you know, your console sucks. And the console that I picked is better. And I'm not sure why everyone else has to be unhappy with what they have in order for you to be happy with what you have. We need, like, maybe 2,000 more years of human evolution and maybe we'll get there. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. You think we can do it in 2,000? Oh, 2,000 years ago, By the year 4,000, no more toxicity. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the year 4,000, stop the bullying. Yeah. There we go. There, we have a goal. We have a goal, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Stretch we'll let goal, the, 35, the year 3,500. So what, I guess we'll let the people in 3999 worry about Look, that? Look, I mean, even in Star Trek, people, we're still bullies in the future. I mean, that's the nature of humanity is that it is filled with the potential for great and terrible things. It's true. I just wonder how we can do more of the great and less of the terrible. One sort of begets the other. <laughs> Tragically. 
All right, so we what we're saying is we don't have an answer. No. Nah, humanity sucks. There was a and is awesome. But there, um, you know, uh, on a related a related anecdote is uh, there was a story that came up recently. Ben, you may be able to find this and pull it up really quick about uh, a guy who is playing Overwatch and decided to set uh, himself a personal challenge, which instead of you know basically giving in to the rage and being a dick to everyone and blaming everyone when they lose he decided to be aggressively nice and mean it he decided to like you know look for the silver lining uh he congratulated everyone on on every game um would congratulate the other team would tell his teammates when he saw them doing something good um you know try and look like when he would lose a match look on the bright side like hey we'll get him next time and like you know I need to work on this but I'm you know, I'm, I'm doing it thanks for sticking with me guys and uh, he said he found something quite amazing which is that everyone around him also shifted positively yeah and when I play games if I if there's someone like that on my team I love it yeah. it's like yeah this is great you know you <laughs> have like that positive reinforcement but on the flip side when there's someone berating the entire team for, you know, not getting on the payload or something. Like, then you get in a bad mood. It's, I think it's like a cycle that fulfills itself. Like, yeah. you feed off of the energy that's screaming in your ear. Yeah. It's also, it's difficult to stay positive when someone is shouting at you. Yeah. yeah. And it's inspirational, on the other hand, when you see someone that is staying positive, and uh, especially if they can do it in a way that doesn't seem condescending. I mean, there's right. a lot of times when there's like, yeah, we're, we're, we got one point and they got 400. Yeah, great. Yeah, sure. Thanks. We're doing wonderful. Your positivity is really great right now. There are levels. You have to be careful. Yeah. But maybe we can maybe we can set a challenge to ourselves and set a challenge to anyone who's watching, which is try that in a game. Mm -hmm. Like if you're playing online, if you're playing Destiny 2, whatever it is you're playing right now, try PUBG. PUBG. <laughs> Can you can you talk much to other people? You can yeah. if you want to. Most people mute proximity, right? Right, because yeah. yeah. it's yeah. everyone's just it's swearing a bunch, right? It's super toxic. Yeah, um, you got to make it better. <laughs> yeah, that's why I go tell people jokes. Yeah. yeah, try try being try being that guy. Try tell being the silver jokes. linings guy and uh, report back to us either in comments or tweet at us. Um, use hashtag glitch please if you get results from being the good gamer and if you can see that start to change the way people are gaming around you. Because I would like to see people. Like, visibly enjoying gaming more. Yes. We all enjoy it so much, and yet it seems like everyone is mad all the time and hates everything. It would be really funny, and I'm sure someone on the internet may have already done this, but I, I can, in my head, now see this. If someone would go into PUBG and using the proximity chat, just, like, post up somewhere and have a little talk show. It's like, come on into the studio. The problem is that you'd get he, that person would get shot from so far away before the chat kicks in. Like, if they're out in the open, they'd have to hide. Like, no, no, like in a building. They'd have to hide in a yeah. building, like in a just bathroom like somewhere. A, a streamer just go like, okay, I'm gonna go sit in this building. Come in and have a chat. Let's let's just have let's talk it out. Let's yeah. have a little PUBG moment. Like, here's my location. Come on in. Let's talk. It's reverse stream sniping. It's like stream announcing. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on in. Someone will burn them to death. Are you gonna do that? Maybe try I'll do that. Yeah, you should, you're, you should you're, try it you're streamer. I like you it. play pub. Maybe maybe I'll have a little uh, talk show. I'd have to make an alternate account because I wouldn't want to ruin the stats on my main account. <laughs> what you mean? Well, they all the people that are going to shoot you. Yeah, they do reset them. Um, all my chicken dinners are gone. Hmm. All right. Well, um, actually, speaking of PUBG, there is uh, some stuff in the news section to talk about. With that, this week, Ooh. should we move on to news? Let's do it. News. All right. Let's do it. We're not talking about. 
All right, couple of cool things happened in video games this week. One, some modders have defeated a DMCA takedown. Uh, which, but it's it's kind of like a weird, sort of interesting story. So we'll get into that. Um, also, the SAG after voice actor strike has been resolved. The voice actors are going back to work. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But there really? was no was yeah. there, there was no resolution though, right? It's a compromise. Okay. Well, as I guess we'll, we'll talk get about to it. it. All right. Sorry. Um, and started. there's the whole big fight over with PUBG and the free Fortnite Battle Royale and <sighs> who owns it and like who owns Battle Royales and I, that well, whole uh, thing so it's well, very messy. I, I think it's it's a slightly different so let's headline start with, than that. Let's start with, let's start with that one because I feel like okay. Gus has a lot to say which is good. The headline and the easy, what's going on? The easy headline that most people do is that um, Blue Hole is angry with Epic for taking the Battle Royale game type and that's not the case. Which couldn't be because I mean you, Blue, uh, player unknown has worked on two previous battle royale right. games well, and, before he even uh, got to this one. Well, and uh, Brendan Green, uh, uh, player unknown himself, has also said in the past that he realizes other people who use this game type and totally understands, and that's yeah. normal. Yeah. That's to be so expected. What? Uh, what? And and and, and Blue Hole's initial explanation for this, I thought, didn't hold much water. Okay. They said that they were initially upset because player unknown's battlegrounds was mentioned in a tweet. Promoting Fortnite's Battle Royale game type. Well, actually, Fort, uh, Epic used uh, Battlegrounds in their press release. Okay, and so that, they, they thought that there was like an implied connection between the companies, and Bluehole was not happy about it. And that's what started their anger. And they've since explained a little bit more, talking about how Epic also makes Unreal Engine, which they use for Battlegrounds, and they've been requesting features for the engine that now Epic can use. And understand better and implement them into their game. So it's like Epic is benefiting uh, from the work that uh, Blue Hole has done in the engine by applying it to although, their game. Although I would also argue that uh, Blue Hole has benefited by Epic adding features into their engine that then they could use in Battlegrounds. Isn't that isn't that part of the the deal? Like when you're when you're using someone else's engine, like you're going to to work within the limitations, or you're going to have the people that make the engine make it better for you, and then those people, if they use the same engine, like can use those tools as well. Right. It, it gets down to whatever the licensing details are, and who knows? I've never read a licensing detail for an engine. I don't know how that works out or how right. that breaks down. But I think essentially. Bluehole feels that they've been doing all the R&D, basically. Just a uh, rival game. Right, and now a free rival, a free game. rival game use, not only use their features, but also use their name in rolling out their product. The name specifically is really Yeah, that, that's a shady. weird that's Well, so what typically happens when someone, like when a company does, like they put out a press release and they talk about the competition, they usually say like, it's better than all our competitors, right? Like that's like the standard boilerplate one, but isn't that typically because they don't want to give their competitors any more airtime? Like they don't want to like mention them or like validate that their competitors are in fact competitors. I mean, I, I, we played Battle Royale, uh, Fortnite's Battle Royale mode yesterday on our uh, Achievement Hunter stream. Um, it is very similar. Uh, I mean, it's got all the harm. But I mean, again, it's very similar to every Battle Royale game. You've got an initial drop. You then uh, have a, a force that forces or a force that drives everyone into this a smaller and smaller region with a timer. You loot things, find guns, but uh, it's a very different experience than PUBG. Um, it was again, it's free, which doesn't feel great, in my opinion. Some of the, you know, some of the other guys liked it, but the shooting is is a little sloppy. 
especially because the weapons tend to be fairly inaccurate. Um, unless you happen to get lucky and find like a sniper rifle or a scoped rifle, hmm. which are fairly rare. Um, so looting is, is way more important because you have to really focus on finding uh, golden chests that have like better equipment in it. Um, and uh, you, the map is much smaller, so you immediately, if you, you know, you will immediately get into a lot more action because uh, almost everywhere that you land, someone will be there because it's still 100 players in a, in a smaller map, mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting uh, look ahead at what the smaller map on PUBG is going to be like. Yeah, um, and I think that's one of the the big things that people are looking forward to with PUBG is that uh, smaller yeah. experience. Yeah, this was my experience immediately. <laughs> I, I landed three seconds after that guy, and he shot me to death. Yeah, I think one of the uh, uh, like like you're this will never be a purebred uh, battle royale game because it's mm -hmm. not made. It's like putting a racing game in your not racing game. Like, you can do it, you can go through the motions, and you can tick a lot of the boxes, but it's not made for that. So it's probably never going to be quite the same yeah. experience. Uh, and, you know, you... But the difference being, it's free, it and it's free. available now. And I think this is actually, potentially, a huge, like, shot in the arm that Fortnite needed. Uh, initial numbers are putting a million players on the first day. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's a, it's a solid... You know, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm, I'm sounding negative, and uh, my experience with it was fairly negative. But <laughs> there's potential there. It didn't it didn't really live up to what it, I wanted it to be, but it was still uh, as a battlegrounds esque uh, battle royale type game was okay, especially for free. Aside from the the feel of the game yeah. and the aesthetic, uh, which are the clear differentiators, is there any sort of like do you get special moves or anything? You can that... still craft. Okay, well, yeah, but there, only there structures. Is, yeah, there's that's like that's, the bit okay, of twist they're putting on it is like yeah. you can actually build your own sort of like fort. So you can build like, like your own sniper tower. To me, could, yes. Like I like this aesthetic better. I just I, I really like cartoony aesthetics. Mm. I think they're fun. I agree, I do too. I think the cartoony aesthetics tend to age a lot better. Right. And I'm okay with them looking a little bit more primitive, whereas when I look at something like PUBG, I can tell all the fun is in the mechanics, which is good, because it doesn't look amazing. Yeah, right. The, like, for me, if you gave me a game like this, or, or even like a fantasy-style, like a battle royale game, I'd be way more into it. I mean, I, I don't know, I think, I think this sort of competition is healthy. Like, I can understand where people are coming from, though, because it does feel like... Maybe, uh, what is their name, Blue Hole? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're, like, I can see why people would think that they're saying these things and, like, uh, like laying these accusations out of just jealousy, like... Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's... They've been supportive of other people. Uh, ben sent me a quote, actually, from Brendan Greenhor, is it? Uh, sorry, I thought I had it pulled up. He said, uh, actual quote from Brendan Green was, other companies will, of course, enter the marketplace, but I would just hope they put their own spin on the game mode and not just make a carbon copy. And he wasn't talking about this specifically. He was just like talking yeah. about competition in general. Yeah. And well, it seems like you're talking, they did put their own spin on it because they but, but integrated even, some of the construction. Even making a quote-unquote carbon copy like a realistic military simulator battle royale game, like, that's going to happen. And you I mean like Arma. Right. Like, I mean, they've the already work, made it. Right, like that and H1Z1, one, like, I don't know. That yeah. seems to me like it's already th those already exist and mm -hmm. like... There's no reason for there, there not to be competition in that space too. Like, if someone makes a game that feels a little less janky than Player Unknown, like you can vault over stuff and it doesn't look like shit and all Can't that. Wait for vaulting. Like I don't know. Like he he should be supportive of that too. Maybe that's the twist though. Other games can vault. 
I don't, I don't think he's, it doesn't sound like he's not supportive. Okay. But yes, don't just say like, hey, that game sucks, come play ours. Or like, don't, or don't say, out. hey, do you like PUBG? We've got it for free. You yeah. shouldn't Cause say that's, that. That's, well, because kind of what Epic's release was saying was, we all really like PUBG. We right. think it's an amazing game. And, then, and we were playing it and we thought, we think we could do something like this and it'd be fun. So we did. So, you know, they actually seem to acknowledge in like in their press releases that the pub the Battlegrounds is the clear inspiration right. for what it is that they're doing. Uh, and Bluehole saying that they felt like having their own game mentioned explicitly in the press release made it sound like there was some sort of approval from from the Battlegrounds team from Bluehole or like some sort of connection which there wasn't. Um, yeah, I thought the they were thing that, I thought it was a little tenuous. The thing that yeah, really gave me yeah. um, there's there were, the only thing that kind of got me is uh, so uh, Bluehole reached out to PC Gamer with some clarifying statements after because uh -huh. their initial statement did make it sound very much like yeah. they just weren't happy about being copied. Right, which is what generated a lot of those early all, headlines. Which is like we're like should should we tell them? That, uh, <laughs> um, but it was they said something like uh, they they thought that Epic should have talked to them about doing their own uh, Battle Royale, and that, like, they should have asked. Uh, and I'm, which is where I was like, not, no, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't necessarily have, I have mean, asked, I, I, I think like, permission to do a Battle Royale. It's because of the pre-existing relationship. It and is. also the, the name drop. Well, the name drop, I think, is, is the biggest issue. How much is that is backfilling a reason to be upset? Like, they, they were initially upset by the press release. Someone took it, one, you know, one way. Uh, and then... Uh, once you get upset about something, then you just start piling in yeah. reasons why and, that sucks. And, and who knows if the, it is a piling on of a reason, or if it was the original reason that just true. did not get conveyed appropriately. You know, also true. We don't really know what the the real motivation was initially. The 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 tech background does actually legitimately sound like kind of a concern. Mm -hmm. They Fortnite will get to benefit from the developments made for Battlegrounds, but. Uh, from the way you described the press release, it sounds more like the Fortnite team was just kind of making it as an homage to a game that they really admire. Well, so um, here is the, the, like the, the quote from Bluehole when they reached out to PC Gamer. Um, he's saying, we could be afraid when we make new features in the engine by modifying it internally that's not already available to the public, that that feature could leak or other things could happen. Um, so we didn't have any real discussions with Epic. We just found out through articles. The media it took us a long time to find out what was going on. Um, so I'm jumping around a little bit in because there are a lot of clarifying statements. <laughs> um, we're going to get some technical support from Epic. We're going to work with them to make sure Unreal Engine better supports Battle Royale gameplay, which requires 100 people in a session. Now we're starting to have concerns that they're going to develop new features or improve something in the engine to support that Battle Royale gameplay and then use it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, it seems like they're concerned about features being developed moving forward that Fortnite will also benefit from. Well, yeah, the they'll have an purpose. inside scoop yeah. on what the target is or what they're moving towards in the future. Mm. Right. You know, I wonder but, I wonder how that works legally. Like is Blue Hole's only recourse to like switch engines? I don't know. <laughs> or well, like make their own. Hey, if there's anything we know from the internet, Adam, it's, it's so that's easy super to easy. Switch <laughs> engines. It's honestly just a couple buttons. You just go in, you, you, you click a couple settings. Yeah. It's a drop-down yeah. You just do find and replace. Yeah. Unreal Engine 4 with uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever. With anything else. Yeah. Um, Unity. Unity, yeah. Done. Yeah. Um, then, but uh, it is you, it is interesting. Can't wait to see the new Unity Battle Royale title coming out. Oh, God. Uh, not related to the story, but somewhat related to PUBG. Uh, Bloomberg did a really interesting um, look at Brendan Green's like, personal history with the genre. 
and uh, what he went through in life before this. And it was interesting to read because, you know, before getting started working on the mod, the initial Battle Royale mod, he was like an unemployed dude living on welfare in a, on the other side of the world from where he grew up. And uh, it was like, he just had this passion for it. And it, it's, it, it was really hmm. interesting to read. Uh, I highly recommend you, you check it out. Yeah, I, you know, there's, that's one thing that I do love about, uh, about game development with the rise of, of indies and one-man games that are happening a lot these <clears throat> days is that you can have one person with a vision who now, because of where we're at with technology, with engines and with all of the programming tools available, one person can have a vision and then see it through mm -hmm. to completion. And that's amazing. Like, that's just so impressive. Like, the work that would have taken, you know, dozens of people years ago can now be automated to a point to, like, help one person make the game they want to make. Yes. And that's just so cool. And make a game that's finally unseated Dota 2 as the most played game on Steam. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Uh, so, speaking of uh, the, the little guys, um, let's talk about the modders defeating a DMCA. So... It's a little bit complex. I'll just run through the summary really quick, and then we can chat about it a bit. Um, so recently, uh, there's this this um, PS3 emulator called RPCS3, um, and they have a Patreon that pulls in around uh, $3,000 a month to uh, to work on this PS3 emulator. Now, recently, all mentions of Persona 5 disappeared from their website, uh, and it turns out that what happened is Atlas smacked Patreon with a DMCA over it. Uh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't go after the emulator themselves, they went after Patreon. Uh, and Atlas released a statement uh, justifying it, saying the PS3 emulator itself is not infringing on our copyright and trademarks. However, no version of the Persona 5 game should be playable on this platform, and the RPCS3 developers are infringing on our IP by making such games playable. So, Patreon has actually been the one fighting this because they're the ones who got right. the DMCA. So they've been going back and forth uh, with Atlas. Um, uh, Patreon argued that the funding's for the emulator, not for Persona 5 specifically, so they should not be issuing um, strikes or you know, DMCAs against uh, this particular Patreon. Atlas is arguing that the emulator is designed to bypass DRM, therefore infringes on their IP and they need to protect it. And Patreon said, no, that's not grounds to shut this down. So they brought the Patreon back up and the, the modders are continuing everything. The only concession the modders have made is they've removed any mention of Persona 5 mm -hmm. from their website. And the other trick about this is um, one of the reasons they can get away with it because in a lot of territories, even ripping files from CDs is uh, circumventing DRM and considered infringing. But the files where you can download this emulator are hosted in a territory where that is completely legal. Right, outside the U.S. Yes. And so uh, they were able to have the Patreon back up. Um, you know, they have, they have disclaimers all over the place with, you know, saying, like, this is for if you want to um, rip files from CDs you own, this is not intended for piracy, and so on, which, you know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I have my personal reservations about how it's how frequently it's actually used uh, in in that way. But on the upside, Atlas is hinting that Persona 5 might see a PC release. I mean, and that that's, that's kind of why that's they cool. want to preserve the, they're saying they want to 
have the best possible experience so they, they, I, I have platform? I have something to say about that. They okay, kind of so, um, they, you know, they hinted that Persona 5 is coming to the PC, but I feel like, and, and also they said that they want to make sure it's the best experience possible, that they oversee the process, but we see so many bad PC ports of consoles. Near Automata. Yeah. And Near Automata is exactly what I was thinking and of. And still not fixed right. for PC, which, so, yeah. you know, not... Uh, granted, not everyone on PC has issues with the way Nier Automata has been running, but enough people do, and it's been so long since Square said they were going, they're like, we're, don't worry, we're going to patch it, we're going to fix it, and months after that statement, nothing. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of their plan to bring it to PC and how... Uh how well it'll perform. Yeah, but I also wouldn't want to necessarily just, just say because Square is doing a thing, Atlas is also going to no, suck no, at no. it. Because, you know, Atlas, as a as a publisher, I, I quite like. You know, I think they do a lot of good work, even though sometimes they can't make feet. Um, but, I'm you know, I found it a, sort of an interesting precedent, at least, that it's, no. so, it's so rare that... Um, you know, that modders come out on top in these sorts uh -huh. of situations. Uh, like, just recently, there was the Mario 64 online that Nintendo took down. And uh, and there are countless other stories where, typically, you know, you get a DMCA, and that's it. It's gone forever. The side with the most lawyers wins. The problem yeah. is they went after Patreon, which probably has plenty of lawyers of their own. So. Right. They could just start their own Patreon if they needed <laughs> funding for lawyers. Um, but it, it is an interesting sort of development in just the way they were arguing these different things and what it was, what Atlas was trying to use to get this taken down. Yeah, I'm happy with the end result of this. I think uh, it was the right move. I agree. Uh, and uh, final news item, the voice actor strike has been resolved. Not in time to repeat. So we, you know, the most notable... Uh, one that's come out. It's kind of tough. A lot of gamers may not have actually seen much impact from this yet, given video game development timelines. Right. Because uh, they've been negotiating for about 11 months, but but they've been striking since what was it? Oh no, May? They've, they've been striking for 11 months. The negotiations months. have gone back to 2015. Shit. Right. Okay. I'm. Uh, so it's been you know it's been 11 months that they've been working on this, but in video game development timelines. That, you know, there may be games that are going to come out, like, still, even after this is resolved, where the voice actors are changed, unless they can go back in and do emergency re-recordings now. Um, but the strike is over. And that was specifically against people that were in SAG, right? SAG yeah, so this was a SAG after strike, and it wasn't, it was a, it was a list of, like, 11 publishers. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was, like, the EAs. I think... I think Ubisoft was actually okay, maybe. So, but they they named the specific ones they were going after. I think Warner Brothers was one. I think Activision was one. Um, uh, but they have come to an agreement about compensation for their voice actors. It is a compromise, though. Uh, As they, any negotiation should be. Yes. Yes. That's. Yeah. The problem um, politics these yes. So what they are getting is there's a new bonus structure. So union voice actors will get bonuses starting at $75, but then um, capped at $2,100, depending on the number of sessions the voice actors are going to be working uh, during recording. Um, but what they're not getting is royalties. Mm. So initially, uh, SAG-AFTRA was asking for um, for bonuses like royalties based on game sales with uh, the the base starting at 2 million copies uh, and then additional steps at 2, 4, uh, sorry, sorry, it was, the starts at 2 and then extra ones at 4, 6, and 8 million units of the game sold, but they never publicized the amounts of, they were, of royalties they were requesting. Um, but the, so they don't get that, 
but they also will now start to get better guidance on what they're actually working on. So uh, there are a lot of games where they'll be brought in, voice actors will be brought in, they aren't told anything really about the character, about the game, they don't know what they're doing, they're just given lines and told, here, read this. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's why you sometimes, if you hear crazy voice acting, you're like, what are they even doing? It probably is because they were not told anything yeah. about, what, mm -hmm. about what they were working on. So now they'll be given information about uh, about uh, the game's code name, its genre, whether it's got ties to existing IP, whether the character's been in other games, um, if there's going to be profanity or sexual or violent content, if there are going to be, like, stunts, you know, like, like vocal stunts, or because, oh, like, you know, like, vocally stressful yeah. work involved, that kind of thing, which a lot of that was not required to be told to them at all beforehand. And I pulled up the list of companies that were affected by the strike here. Okay. It was Activision, Blindlight, Core of Discovery Films, Electronic Arts, Disney Character Voices, Formosa Interactive, Insomniac Games, Interactive Associates, Take-Two Productions, Voicework Productions, and WB Games. Okay. Which covers a lot of the industry. Yes. But like you said, Ubisoft was not on yeah. that list. So um, it it is a compromise. They're not getting the royalties, but they are getting most of the other stuff they asked for, which I think is pretty reasonable. You know. Sorry, it, yeah. 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 And it's it's actually not officially ended. It's the strike is suspended for now. The the like the like national organization it's like a tentative agreement, for SAG has to get together and formally ratify it, uh, which I believe is supposed to happen next month. But it's, that's pretty much a formality. Yeah. Um, so it's. I think the most visible example we've seen so far of the strike even happening is uh, Life is Strange before yep. the storm because they had to recast Ashley Birch and they ended up uh, uh, with uh, Rihanna DeRise instead, um, which I think threw a lot of people because they were so used to hearing uh, Ashley as the voice of, of Chloe. But so many other games, I'm curious will, I, like, I'm, what will come out that's going to have totally unrecognizable voices in like a year or two. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I can't think of anything. It's, uh, I still don't really associate most uh, voice actors with their roles in video games. To be honest. Well, because the the top tier ones, you know, it's like Nolan North, Troy Baker. Like right, it's yeah. a couple of uh, voice actors and actresses who do really a lot. dominate most of the scene. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I mean, it'd be interesting if we, as a result of this, started to see more notable uh, Hollywood people show up in more games, but honestly, that, that doesn't make the game for me. It's no. not like, a, I don't think games need a, a name associated with it as a vehicle I as think, much as video. As long I think it was true. more, I think it was more like, for Life is Strange, I think specifically the voice. Yeah. Like, I think people Well, just, that one, yeah, people, people you already just, have a sequel. People like, just jarred, it was, a, it was a voice replacement. Yeah, so. I think as long as the performance is great, you don't need a right. big name attached to it. So you just that gotta find said, someone who do the performance. It's probably hard to find talented voice performers who are not also performers in other ways Correct. may have been in SAG. Correct. Yeah, and I, I'm, like, I think it's good for voice actors to have as much information as possible. It's always tricky because half the leaks you get are are from voice actors, so you can understand, like, they don't work for the developer full-time. <clears throat> I can understand, uh, you know, game developers and publishers being very protective and trying to keep those leaks to a minimum by, you know, trying to, like, shore up any sort of, like, weak points. But at the same time, I feel like in order to get really good performances, they should know what characters they're being. Absolutely, and uh, what they're associated with. Yeah, that's fair. It's that's almost like the uh, adception on YouTube is they they sort of be good to know what your name's going to be on eventually. Right, and you know I think too, uh, like the voice actors are one of the few 
really human elements that you get to see in video games or like the the like one of the things that you can latch on to. Like everything in a video game is digital and it's worked on by hundreds of very talented artists and programmers. But the one human performance that is is, you know, relatively unchanged from, you know, like recording into the final product is gonna be the voices. And so like that's the human that you can latch on to um, and really emotionally um, I guess connect with. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, you get this sort of like that's what becomes the character to a lot of people. Uh, and with something that is that important, um, I would like to see them taken care of professionally. And voice actors actually don't spend nearly as much, uh, they don't, you know, you may be with a game for 40 plus hours, but that voice actor is maybe only getting two or three days of work mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I think uh, the the voice of, a, or of like Cortana and Peach, like she'll be in, the booth for like two days and that's a whole game mm-hmm. yeah you know but so I, I like seeing them taken care of and able to apply their craft because they have to get a lot of work you know mm-hmm. if you if well, each job is so if, short if you want the best quality work you have to have good incentive to attract the talent for it that's yeah. what it boils down to yes I agree completely so uh, we'll see how this ends up going and what other games um, in the future end up coming out that are all already too late um, but uh, you know it's always important you get like a lot of new talent you get a lot of new skills um, hey speaking of skills this episode of Glitch <laughs> please is brought to you by Skillshare Masterful. <laughs> Skillshare is an online learning community with more than 17,000 classes in design photo and more uh, premium membership gives you unlimited access so you can keep learning find inspiration take on new projects whenever you want and the first 500 people to use the promo link that we're gonna have in the description will get their first two months free so it's super awesome you can learn a whole bunch of skills for free and then it's as low as ten dollars a month after that to continue learning if you like it or cancel if you don't there's really no risk um i've been doing a couple of them actually they've got like a bunch of different categories one of the categories is writing uh which i'm really interested in so i took a few of the creative writing skill shares i really liked them um they've got some other ones that i'm uh, gonna check out as well they've got one on 3d printing which sounds really cool and then also design like they've got one on learning illustrator which I've managed to learn like everything around <laughs> Illustrator. I've learned Photoshop and I've learned Premiere and I've learned some After Effects. I've never learned Illustrator because it's always been vector, very huh? intimidating. So I'm gonna try it out, yeah. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. So again, the first 500 people to sign up uh, for Skillshare will, will receive a two month free trial. So go to skl.sh slash glitch please and you'll start the trial. That's skl.sh slash glitch please for your two month free trial and get skills. Level up your skills. Right. Yes, yeah, speaking of leveling up, um, do you guys want to talk about Dishonored Death of the Outsider? Absolutely. Let's do it. Nice. Let's right there. <laughs> All right, so Dishonored Death of the Outsider has just come out. This is a standalone. It reminds me a little bit of, of Uncharted Lost mm-hmm. Legacy where it's sort of like a DLC feeling. It's not a full know dozens of hours experience but it is also not DLC it's bought as a standalone thing so this is death of the outsider and here let me read you the description tell me if this sounds familiar 
From the award-winning developers at Arcane Studios comes Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, the next standalone adventure in the critically acclaimed Dishonored series. Be a badass supernatural assassin and take on the role of notorious Billy Lurk as she reunites with her mentor Dowd in order to pull off the greatest assassination ever conceived. Building upon Dishonored 2's signature gameplay and art style, Death of the Outsider features all the series' hallmarks, including brutal combat systems, unique level design, and immersive storytelling that responds to your every choice. With compelling characters and exhilarating action, Death of the Outsider is the perfect entry point for those new to the Dishonored series, while delivering a significant expansion of the gameplay and world for longtime fans. Well, and talk about titles that were not affected by the strike. Uh, your primary character is played by Rosario Dawson, right? Yeah, really? the, uh, the, the strike specifically affected titles that were like just going into development. I think if they were in development before... There was a certain date. Yeah, it was before, before like February mm -hmm. or something, uh, then they were fine. So it's anything that's begun development quite recently that was affected. Yeah. So, again, I think that, that you know, we might have a chance to see some of those like go in and be like... We've recast you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and to try and get some of their regular voice actors back, but we'll see. But Rosario Dawson, I love her. She's she's a treasure. She really is. I there's nothing that I don't enjoy her in, including this. It just seems like they sprinkle her into everything these days, right? You just get really? a Sasha Rosario. Well, I mean, she's, it's, she's all over she, all well, over the Netflix. I think she, she's she's one of the ties, though. I think she's one of the she characters is. they used that will appear very consistently across. Yeah, to sort of tie that world together and make it feel uniform. <laughs> like I think they do it with um, uh, freaking Trinity too. Um, Carrie Moss? Carrie, yeah, Carrie Ann Moss. She's also in a couple of oh, different oh, oh, Marvel yes, gotcha. series. And so is um, Redhead Girl from True Blood. Who also, I'm terrible with names, by Are you talking about Anna Paquin? No. I've never watched True Blood. No. She's the only one I know. Oh, about. I know you're talking no, about. Redhead Girl. Redhead Girl. She, yeah, she, Redhead Girl. she was first in Daredevil and then has like gone across she's, a couple series. She's, she's going to be in The Punisher next. Fuck me. Up. The, oh, the, like the... Assistant turned. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her. She was the the Deborah redhead Ann Wall. Deborah, Deborah Ann Wall. Wall. There we the go. That's her name um, that I knew. But speaking of Deborah Ann Wall's friend Rosario Dawson and her new work in uh, Dishonored: Death of the Outsider. So this is a, a sort of standalone story, but it's a returning character. Uh, Billy Lurk has been in the Dishonored series before, um, and then this is sort of uh, like her story in her own campaign. So they gave her uh, different custom abilities um, and and to make it feel much more like her own like her own game as opposed to just a DLC, mm -hmm. which I like. I like the way Arcane's approached it. So how familiar is everyone with the Dishonored series? Have well, people played? I played like an hour of the first Dishonored, and that's it. Mm. And I played about three hours of Dishonored 2. Okay. And you didn't, did, you, did you feel like you were missing anything from this experience? Uh... No, not really. I didn't honestly. They, I thought they did an okay job with Dishonored 2, where I walked into it and I was like, okay, well, I, you know, obviously I get the the general idea of what happened that led to this point in the world. Uh, but well, it's one of those games where if I had chosen to go much deeper into it than I have any time to do, uh, it probably would have affected me more because this uh, the Dishonored games are so very deep when it comes to the world building, but it's through a medium that I can't really. 
spin time. You're with. not you're not a pick up the letters in the trunk guy There's or like go through so every, many go letters. Through every office yeah. and like rifle through the through the desk and I, pick like up and read the diary. It's like a serum level of like books I think and shit. Ryan and I were talking about this yeah. before we started uh, filming this episode. I think we have the same approach to that kind of stuff where it's cool that it's there but lots of times like you want to play the game. You don't want to sit there and read. And it's, I, it's very rare that I want to sit down in a game and learn, read all the mm -hmm. notes, read all the books, listen to all the audio logs. I think the no most notable exception is Horizon Zero Dawn, where I tried to go through everything. But otherwise, it's like, I just want to play a game and not yeah. read a book. I think I think this game, uh, at least for some of the things that you, <laughs> like I would just go pick things up, put them down really quick. Yeah. It would at least, for the things that mattered, mark objectives on your map, which is like the, what you want from that sort of design. Uh, aside from maybe having audio logs, but. Well, it's just anything that, that information is always interesting, but at the same time, with this game in particular, uh, well, I mean, this series in particular, you never know if the paper is going to be like the thing that gives you the code to open the safe right. or the key to a puzzle. So, on the one hand, you have that completionist itch where you're like, I know at some point there's an achievement where I have to have read every one of these, or at least picked up every one of these. So I have to look and scour every room for every piece of paper that might be on the floor, and even though I'm not going to read it, i got to pick it up. And that's just taking me away from playing the game. Yeah. So I looked up on how long to beat, and it says the main story takes about seven hours, but the completionist run is about 18 hours. Holy so shit. Yeah, it does add there's on. So yeah. many well, but the completionist to runs, too, is... Um, uh, my introduction to Dishonored, uh, the, to the first Dishonored, was I did it all wrong. Which is there's an achievement for there's a ghost achievement which is no one in the game ever sees you, mm -hmm. like you you're never detected by anyone, uh, and there's another one uh, for being a non-lethal run, mm -hmm. so uh, that you never you, like you never kill any optional characters, and so I was like I'm gonna do that. You don't do that. It's not. if it's your first playthrough, don't do that. Yeah. That is you know I was like I was like this way I can you know get my hundred percent or whatever like first time yeah. through. No, Big it's mistake. a terrible experience. Don't do it. It's a great challenge, I'm sure, if you've already gone through it, you've already experienced everything, yeah. and you have the patience to sit there for five minutes and wait for the, the guards pathing to just be perfect and then execute on it. But if you are not experienced, you don't want to do that. You just like to challenge yourself, Ashley. You just want to set the bar high. Uh, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. <laughs> so when I like went back through and like gave myself permission to... Stab a guy? Yeah, permission to stab. Yeah. Uh, then I was much, much happier. And uh, The killing in that game is good. It is good. It is brutal. The, the fighting is fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. It's very visceral. Yeah, yeah you straight up cut people in half. Oh, I mean, it's arcane. Cut heads off. <laughs> yes, it is arcane. It's a, a terrible Visceral. joke. That's another dev company. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was like, what? It, it, I was like, I was like, did I see the developer wrong? It's a patented wrong? Gus bad joke. Nice. That was nice. that was pretty oh, up boy. there in the Gus chart. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, so the one thing that the reason I don't play Dishonored is because <laughs> is because I'm bad at stealth games, mm -hmm. and I tr like I I was trying my best to play this as not a stealth or as a stealth game, and I ended up just. Running around, collecting all the enemies, and then running into like this little cubby hole where they couldn't get into it, but I could slash their feet and <laughs> kill all of them. <laughs> like you're that, an ankle biter. That's how so you, my you were cheesing it. That's how my experience with the game. Well, it was really fun and funny because I was just throwing mines, and they were catching on fire, and I was throwing knives at dicks or shooting knives at dicks. And that game's fun, man. Like it, it's not my kind of game, but like the fact that it lets you <laughs> play around in the world so much is really fun. Yeah, I also really like the world that they've built. It's really unique, and I have a hard time, 
like describing anything that's just like it. I, I, my the closest I ever get is it feels uh, a little bit like like or uh, like was it, like order order eighteen eighty six meets mm. Thief meets Bioshock. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of that steampunky sort of aesthetic. Yeah, you know, it's like at that Victorian. It's not glamorizing sort of Victorian era. It's like no, it's shitty and it's dirty and. Like everything's kind of gross, but also you go in like the rich areas and everything's pristine and super fancy and mm -hmm. like you know so you see the disconnect, uh, you know and I and I like, like I just feel like it's a very unique, really beautiful world. Yeah, the art aesthetic of the game is is pretty amazing, um, and the I mean the the gameplay is really fun. The find trying to kind of examine your environment, and find different ways to to access different areas different paths or things, there's usually like at least two or three different ways you can tackle any individual objective completely aside from the layering on of do I go in lethal or non-lethal or something in the middle. Um, so I mean all of that is, it's a, that's, that's my problem with that game right now is it's, it's really a deep engaging game that uh, a me that was like 10 years ago would have absolutely loved because I had the kind of time to, mm. to give. It's like a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's with a, with someone that has a little more needs. You, you, well, you get out what you put in. Yeah, yeah, no, you really, you got to make a commitment to this game. You got to be like, okay, game, I'm going to be here for you for a few hours. It's not there to be your side game. No, no, no. It wants to be your main game, and it wants you to maybe put aside some things. Maybe the dishes don't get done today because you've got some dishonored to do. Yeah, but again, it's an 18-hour <coughs> commitment. You, you know, it's not you, that much. You, you've had a harsher commitments. How many hours but have you played not, pub? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's that... I have to be, it's like deciding to read a book. It's like, I'm going to, because I can't walk into this game and not want to look at all that stuff. Mm. I have a problem. And it, maybe it's on me and not on the game's fault. But I can't not pick up all that stuff. Even if I'm not going to read it, but that changes what I'm doing. That takes me out of just playing the game as like a stealth. How, how, you do, you, how do you play those games? Do you play them, do you play them <coughs> stealthily? Or do you play them guns blazing? I usually try and go stealth, because I always feel like stealth is sort of, the main focus. It's a challenge. I mean, it's definitely more of a challenge. I mean, you can always go into those situations just swinging, um, and but I feel like that's not as rewarded. Well, I as always, self. I always go into it like being like, do I really want to like kill this guy? Like, he might have a family. He's there. Like, what did she do wrong? He that just has never crossed. He my just mind. has a boss that's like kind of a jerk. Like, does he really need to die because I want to save a couple minutes? Hey, he better not come swinging at you. That's how you get in the ground. That's his job. Nah, he swung. He's like, you know, he's like, like he's just a guard. He's going on his patrol. Look at that. I, Don't yeah, swing I, at that unless you want to die. Well, like, this is what you signed up for. This is like, if you if you don't have this job, your family starves. Look, she's there. Everyone's <laughs> probably going to die. You be the smart one that's like, I'm not getting paid enough. Yeah, Look, let me like, unlock that door for you. <clears throat> Tell you what, I'll just be over here when you're done. I'll just clean up what's left. Mm -hmm. that, that'll go home with me. Uh, do you think we're going to start to see a resurgence in this type of mini, like, micro game that's like a subset of, a, of bigger games? Because, like, Uncharted Lost Legacy just came out and kind of did something very Do you very prefer similar. that? I'd be kind of on board well, with it as opposed to... Uh, I like getting these sort of standalone <laughs> stories that are a little bit more bite-sized, a little bit more compact, that you can play through it in a session or two if you want to. 
um, you know, or you can spend more time with it if you want to go through and do the collecting. But it's a new story. It's something that's fresh-ish, but it takes place in a world that I love. It makes me think like back that. to like episodic gaming when that was a thing for a few minutes before DLC. Except uh, they didn't killed. promise any more episodes, basically. Right. Right. It's like they delivered it all at once, mm -hmm. and I like that. It's it's interesting. I guess it depends on uh, on the price tag. Like I think Uncharted Lost Legacy was forty bucks, if I recall. That's expensive, right? Which I thought was a little much. And I I think Dishonored: Death of the Outsider I think was thirty. It's yeah, 30. Oh, we should probably. Dis it's thirty. Thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we were given codes for it, so we should probably be pretty clear about that. So, uh, <laughs> but um, would I pay thirty for it? Probably. You know, I I don't necessarily subscribe to the you know dollar an hour in order for it to be worth my time. Um, so for me. 30's like, yeah. I would like, argue that. If it was like 25, I'd be even happier, but mm -hmm. I'd put 30 in for that. Seven may be, uh, if you know what you're doing and you know every puzzle and you're just like gonna like power through it, it's seven. But I don't think seven is what you would actually could realistically expect from your first run through in that game. Not if you're looking, you know, actively looking to see what the game has. If, you, if, like you if just, you're trying to enjoy what the game has to offer, seven seems like <coughs> you might be rushing it. I mean, I, if you're, it's a stealth game, you're going to spend a lot of time really casing the joint, basically, is what it amounts to. And that takes a little bit of extra time. If you just want to go like, I'm going to stab everyone in that place and take what I want, then yeah, you can get through it a lot faster. Do you feel like um, the story you got outside pieces of paper, like in, enjoyable, understandable on its own? As far as I got in it, yeah. It was, I mean, you, you get the motivations and... Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the powers? They're an interesting twist from the the last two. I like that every, I mean, the the power set I understand in two, was was fairly different, especially because it offered you the original power set. When I'm talking about Dishonored one, you had a power set. Dishonored two, you could have played as either characters, which each right. had unique power sets. And then this one, they've offered even uh, a third set of powers. So. I like that they keep refreshing your options and how you play this game. And yet they all still feel very like, <coughs> true to the world. Right. It would have been cool to, uh, not that I played Dishonored 2, but it would have been cool to take that same, <coughs> this character and put her through the Dishonored 1 campaign with like her set of powers. Would have been a Just nice Just to see nice how it addition. plays differently? Well, I mean, if they made the power set already, I mean, why not? But. I wonder how much game testing it would take to see if that would. It would be really easy yeah. just to slap slap her into the game. I mean, I know about games. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, the conversation comes all the way back around. Push the button, and then there you go. And push the button, get game. Billy lurks her way into it, mm -hmm. and then have to record all the new dialogue. <laughs> yeah. So overall, thumbs ups. You go, you yeah. you seem to have like a thumbs I mean, maybe like here's the this. Thing. I recognize that it is a good game and that I should like it. It's just not where I'm in a place in my life. when it's I'm waiting for that moment when uh my kids are all gone <coughs> and I, I you got have a couple years you got a couple years yeah like. where I actually get like a, a just a quiet day and it's, it's like I'm gonna read that book someday it is not my kind of game when there's if, time but I absolutely recommend I actually I absolutely think it's a, a good little game that's mm -hmm. high praise from Gilby yeah you're you're very picky Thanks. Yeah. I'm not picky. Yeah. Yeah. Very if picky. if Very they picky. made one tweak that yeah. was um, you pick something up and instead of having to read it, it plays like a, yes. you get like a voiceover. Yes. The way they do with a lot of like audio like logs. like the Bioshock audio logs or something mm -hmm. like that, where you pick it up and then you don't have to stand still and read it. Yes. You can get that story told so, to you. That's the other thing we talked yeah, about we as well yeah. <laughs> before we started filming. Stop making me interrupt, interrupt my gameplay to consume that content. So what we're saying, potential modders, potential. 
potential patch? I will, I Probably will not a patch, but maybe do some the voiceover yeah. for as much of that as you would like. <laughs> I will read it. I would love to hear a modeler's voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could, it could be cool. Like, just implement that. There you go. And then you can get on with your story and still get the, the world building that they offer via those Absolutely. Uh, bits of text. So Especially because, it's again, it's a stealth game where you're just casing the joint for a while. If you can narrate your letters to me and while I'm sitting there trying to check out what's going on, that's great. That yep. gives me something to listen to. I'm, I'm getting world building while I'm checking out where this guard's going to go and how I should stab him or club him or not. Yeah, I'm... I understand the work that goes into it, but I appreciate when games do audio logs over everything yeah. else, especially the way Bioshock did it. Yeah. Yeah. Gus, your thoughts? Uh, I didn't play it. All right. <laughs> well, that was a waste of a code. <laughs> <laughs> I had too much PUBG to play. Oh, God. Fair enough. So, is that what else you've been playing? Uh, PUBG and Divinity Original Sin 2, which is honestly your fault. Are you, are you liking that? I, you know what? I will take that fault. That's your I fault. am loving it. How far have you got in it? Um, not too much further. I've, you know, done all. I escaped from the prison part of Fort Joy. And um, I realized. Are you out of Fort Joy or just you out of prison? I'm out of prison. Okay. So I realized, like, I was very frustrated with that game for many hours because I kept feeling like I was doing all these things to try to get out, but I wasn't actually getting out. Then when I finally got out, I realized I was like 95% of the way for every way to get yeah. out. And I was like, oh, if I had just done, if I had just walked this way instead of that way, I would have gotten out hours earlier, so. I really want to play more of that game, but I think I'm waiting for a co-op buddy because that game, when we played it co-op was such a incredible, exactly, incredible experience. Like just for those, that hour we played, I'm down, let's play. Uh, <laughs> but man, that game is so fucking good. It's fun. I'm really enjoying it. So GameSpot gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, Mm -mm. I don't no. think it's a 10 out of 10. I don't think it's a 10 out of 10, <laughs> mostly because I don't like the um, the keyboard and mouse control scheme when you, like, navigation. Like, I don't like... Uh, leading your character? I don't, yeah, I feel oh. like I'm, like, leading them on a rope or something. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like the, the way the pathing works. But, um, you know, again, I can change that with a controller, but then there are so many other bits of it that do control better keyboard and mouse, and because I can't switch between them at will, I still have a problem with mm -hmm. that. But love the voice acting, love the crazy mechanics. Um, I like talking to animals. Love talking, talking animals. animals. Pepe, <laughs> have, have you? Is your cat still around? No, I, I walked no, by. I, I walked by you. the area you told me, and no. they killed the cat. <laughs> that, that, uh, this is like a minor spoiler, but that cat becomes like a better friend later on. Yeah. You can uh, summon it. Okay. It becomes it, like a familiar. Oh. You can you can like tell it to jump around. It does like cat jumps? Jumps like forty feet. Jump, and you jump, can trade jump places around. With it. Real quick, who did it become a familiar with for you? Because I can only do it for one character. It, I don't know why. Um, it's whatever character was closest to that cat. Um, when it when you find the cat, that's the one it attaches to. So, so for me, prince. it's for me it became the red prince. Same with me. So now I can't get rid of the red prince. I know. <laughs> what a better I, warrior than him. I did go back though. I ended up switching out uh, Ifan for the dead guy, for Fane. Uh, Fane. Fane. Yeah, I need. I, need, I, need, I kind of want to switch out Ifan. He sucks. Yeah, I just, for me, I was like, which of the characters am I fine losing? Um, and um, Ifan was going to be the role that essentially I wanted, which is like the archer staying back a little bit more. And so I was like, all right, well, you can fuck yeah, off. I'll be the archer. And now I've got um, the I've got the dwarf being a battle mage. Uh, I've got the red prince doing melee. And I've got uh, uh, Fane as my caster. Yeah, I was being a, 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 I made a custom character to do like, Roguish, you know, dagger, backstab stuff. The game got way easier once I started uh, using a bow. Yeah, and well, I found like the Houndmaster's crossbow. Oh yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah, wow, this game. Good. Yeah, I, I can actually win combat now. And it's important to note as well. I don't think we touched on this last week, but uh, no matter what skill set you start out with, 
you can unlock all the other yeah. skills. You can completely change your playstyle if you want to. Yeah. You should also talk to all the vendors because they sell skill books and shit, which I like never do. Mm-hmm. Then I complain that I don't have skills, and then I go to the vendors and I'm like, we have all the skills. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, so uh, what have, what have you been playing else? Anything else? I've been playing a lot of things. Like I've been playing multiple video games and multiple board games. Uh, yeah. I'll talk about the video I, games. I see you filled your board game shelf. With with toys, but eventually that'll be filled with action <laughs> figures. I mean, uh, board games. Uh, but man, uh, I played Hop. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen that. That's the new game from Runic, uh, people who made Torchlight. Okay. Um, it is a really cool you, game. You have my attention. Uh, so it is it is a cartoony style game where it doesn't really explain much, but you wake up and this Gollum-esque creature breaks you out of whatever room you were in. Uh, and then you're just like thrown into this world and um, you, it sort of leads you around. Uh, to places, and then you then sends you on your own, and you're just like figuring out what to do, and it's sort of like a puzzle game with Metroidvania elements, where uh, it's sort of a, it's a top-down per, like third-person perspective, um, where you're fighting you're fighting things, you're getting upgrades, you're exploring. That's pretty much all I've done so far, but it's like a really fun, beautiful game that like is it's very it, it says a lot without using any words, um, and I really want to play more of it, but I haven't played enough of it to really make a commentary yet. But okay. I also played some SteamWorld Dig, which How's is that? another great game. Uh, did you play SteamWorld Dig? I'm sorry, I played SteamWorld Dig 2. Did you play SteamWorld Dig 1? No. I Wait, hold on. I think I have it. Okay. <laughs> I think it's one of those Steam games that I bought. Like, I absolutely want to play this. And it's like, do you want to play? I'm like, another time. You You're right, yeah. Dig through your Steam library to get it. Oh. Oh. Uh, very good. Steamworld Dig is... <laughs> I uh, appreciate that one. We're, we're all very happy. That's a gust level joke. Hey. It's, it's a lot like the first game. Uh, this time around, it seems to have more in the way of interesting upgrades. Uh, essentially, you... Hi. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> you're in this, like, cyber, steampunky uh, western town. This is Steamworld Dig 2. And you're that guy. I don't know if he's like a... He looks like a kind of like a robot lizard. Um, <laughs> but you, you dig. And the goal is just to, like, keep... Not the goal, but, like... Most of the, the time, like the obje- dug. most of the time, the objectives oh, will yeah. have you just digging deeper, uh, and it is a pers- like a big open world that you're exploring and you're getting upgrades. And there's a ton of fun secrets to find, and there are puzzles, and there are like timing challenges, and uh, it's really really fun. It seems like a really fantastic game for the Switch as well. It's so good for the Switch, uh, which is what I bought it on. Um, but that's what I've been playing video game wise. I also played a couple board games, and those are fun. How about you, Ryan? Uh, well, we had the reunion past weekend. So the yeah, how was, uh, we saw a bunch of shirtless photos of you in the pool. A lot of, a lot of shirtless. <laughs> for I, I played for Marco. anyone who's uh, interested. Uh, I've been playing Marco Polo. Uh, it's a lot of right? shirtless gifts of drunk Jack. There's a lot of shirtless drunk Jack. Uh, he's alive, don't worry. Uh, there was quite a few people concerned because he was, e boy. Uh, he was that festive. It was he was very festive. <laughs> Maybe too festive. Uh, so I haven't had too much time to play anything other than like we talked about Fortnite earlier, which was an int- oh there he goes. What was <laughs> I won't give him credit. He's uh, before he tackled Trevor into the pool. He said like uh, you need to put your phone down so I can tackle you into that pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's very considerate. Yeah, it was very considerate of him. He was waiting. You know he wouldn't need to worry about it uh, if Trevor had an iPhone seven. Uh, no, you can, you can just would. stop warning people. Apparently, now. if you bend it even slightly, it's no longer water Great. resistant. Great. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, good to know. I haven't heard that. I think that's propaganda. That's, I, Jeff I, told me that. I lucked out because um, my cat managed to put mine in the bath. 
Is oh, that lucky? Survived. Oh, it survived. It survived. Yeah. Okay. okay. You yeah. See, so yours is unbent. Mine, mine must have been unbent. Good to know. Um, I So I've been traveling a bit, and I decided... Uh, I've been hearing from a lot of people uh, who watch Glitch Please, <coughs> who know that I am a huge fan of fantasy life. They're saying... Um, and this is... Uh, appropriately enough, just after we talked about how like we don't need new games for the 3DS, we'd rather they all be on Switch. It's a 3DS game called Ever Oasis. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dude, and, I saw that game. And I wish to God it was on the Switch. There you go. But uh, uh, but because I was like, I'm good, fine, whatever, I'll, I'll check it out. I went and uh, um, I, I downloaded it. I found my 3DS, charged it up, bought the game. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me try and describe it. It's... Um, a little fantasy lifey in so much as like you you uh, go through the game and you unlock these different areas, but you are the chief of an oasis in the middle of this crazy endless sort of desert, and you are trying to expand your oasis and uh, uh, get like seedlings to come live there, and so it's like Vivo Pinata, sort of minus the boning. Um, There's you, boning in that game? Totally. Oh, Vivo Pinata is only about boning. Oh, I didn't play you, the game. How do you think new pinatas are born? That's yeah. Like, how do you make a pinata? I bought Brian. that for Eli. I'm glad I didn't get to that point. <laughs> oh well, if it makes Sorry. you feel any better, they just have hearts oh. and they and they like dance. Do a little lambada. Yeah, they each each of the pinatas has their own dance, but uh, it is similar to that in that you um, can attract seedlings to your oasis by having certain conditions met, and then for them to move in you have to meet these other conditions. So sometimes they'll want a fruit shop or a veggie shop, and that's how they'll stay. And then when they move in, they can build their own shop or go tend the garden. And so you have that sort of town management element, but it's very light touch. It's You don't spend all your time panicking over it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go out and you go on these adventures, like clearing these sort of dungeons to progress the story or to look for uh, these other uh, potential residents of your oasis that someone in town has told you about uh, you know you, you kill off monsters and you can have a small party of three mm -hmm. and uh, you can switch between the different party members in combat so you may have a lizard with a spear or you may have like a I don't know like a scorpion elephant dude who's got like a big hammer and you each of those have different strengths against various monsters so you you know you sort of set out your party you take it off on an adventure and then you just check in with your oasis and like you know top up your store stocks every now and again um, so it's a lot of fun. It's super charming. It's really cute uh, visually. It's kind of like a little chibi-ish. Yeah. Um, but the it just oozes charm, oozes fun, and I'm having a wonderful, wonderful time with it. There's a game coming out today that I'm super excited is it, about. What is it? World golf World Golf Story. Golf Story. Golf yes. Story. Golf. For the Switch. And the Switch. Yes. yes. What is Golf Story? Let oh. me read you the the, okay. the headline on your gamer's review. Please do. Mario Golf and Earthbound combined for one of the most delightful games you'll find on Nintendo Switch. What? Yeah, it it's looks, an RPG golf game. Looks and it's in the, the art style is gorgeous. Look at, look at the art. Oh my God! It's like everything. Oh, the, you know what we missed in news? The biggest news of the week. Oh, yeah. Stardew Valley has been uh -oh. approved for the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. I thought you were gonna say the Red Dead trailer. Oh. <laughs> Oh, we totally missed that. Did forget to talk You're about right. that. You're right. There is a Red Dead trailer. <laughs> Red Dead Two trailers out. But hold on. Let's talk about we'll get Stardew. to that. We'll get to that in a minute as we but, as we wrap up. Stardew but Valley, Stardew Valley got approved um, has, on the Switch. Yes, so it's now been approved by Nintendo for the Switch. So they're working on release date and a couple of other like final details like that. But it means that the game 
as it, like, it, you know, does not need any additional changes in order to be published on that system. We are so close, y'all. But they, they, the one thing is they didn't say that, like, multiplayer would launch with that version, No, they right? did not. Fuck, man. So, they said, I think they said multiplayer would be early next year. Yeah, okay. so they're, they're planning for the multiplayer. They're going to have a beta that's probably going to be PC exclusive. Uh, but that Nintendo Switch will be the first console platform that the multiplayer comes to. Why does that look uglier than I remember? I, j I just thought that. That's about right. No, that's about right. Well, I don't remember it differently. I do too. Uh, Did you have mods installed? Nope. Man, I'm I'm, ex I'm almost more excited for that guy's next game, Spellbound or whatever. Oh, uh, that's actually not him. Oh, it's not him? No, oh, so the Spellbound oh, game, the Spellbound game is being developed by Chucklefish. Uh, which is they're the they're Starbound. Oh right, okay. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Chucklefish has been working with so Concerned much. Ape to publish uh, Stardew Valley on additional platforms, and they're also working on the multiplayer. Gotcha. Mm. But uh, no, Concerned Ape is working on a completely different project. Uh, he's like made one or two tweet references to it, but it's going to be a completely different kind of game. Hmm. It take it's like some sort of like war torn. It takes place in the same world, but apparently like. Stardew Valley is this lovely little like oasis of peace in a world that is like on fucking fire. Fuck, that's yeah. cool. Uh, uh. So I'm um, really curious to see what he does, uh, but still interested in Spellbound. I think that's yeah. going to be super cute. Um, very interesting. But oh, uh, yeah, so the Red Dead trailer came out. Red Dead 2. Red Dead, Red Dead uh, Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2. 2 trailer. So all we've had about the game previously is we had that teaser, mm -hmm. uh, and then we had a couple of screenshots that they gave us as a like... We delayed the game, but look how pretty it's going to be when we get there. But now the trailer is out, so why don't we real quick watch it? And because I have not gotten a chance to see it yet, and this is the way we can do it. It literally just came out right before we started. It uh, really did. So uh, the filming. yeah, so glitch, please. Um, we record this on Thursday mornings, and it came out as we were sitting down to record. So I have not actually seen it yet. This will be a live trailer. God, that does look pretty. horses. You owe me money. You got some money for me, boy? I owe your money. I've seen your name in our legend. You're a wanted man, Mr. Morgan. Maybe when your mother's finished mourning your father, I'll keep her in black on your behalf. We got lawmen in three different states after us. They chased us from the west, they chased us over the mountains. We need an extra gun. This place ain't no such thing as civilized. You're the only one of these fools that I trust. Where's our money? Do you have my bag? Always, Dutch. <laughs> Product not yet rated. Oh my god. <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> Give me a moment. That's some weird, like, Mafia 3 flashbacks come from parts of that trailer. Maybe it's the gator or the, the, gate, the swamp. The water yeah, that kind and, of stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that looks incredible. It looks like it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how it relates to Red Dead Redemption because it's a prequel, right? So. Right. So they've got to, you know, set it up to like get to Maybe. a certain point. I'm super okay with it just being a standalone Western yeah. story because their stories are so great and that game looks amazing. Yeah. Like I, 
I don't. It'd be interesting to see how you can relate to the main character because in Red Dead Redemption, you were John Marsden, who was. I mean, he wasn't a good guy, but he was like, oh, he, he, he was like on the path. He was a reform, right? He's yeah. like yeah. formerly a total piece of shit now, trying yeah. to be a slightly less right. stinky. Right. I'm betting this that one. You feel you look more like he's. I'm betting that prime bad that guy. If that's you, that, I think that is you. I think it's what. You think, think you play? You character? think you play yeah. as John Marsden? Morgan. No, no Morgan. He plays Morgan. I think he, I think Ben just yeah, told us that. They yeah, they clarified it on Kotaku. Let me find the article real quick. But you uh, play as another protagonist in the series. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes more sense. It'd be cool if... Like, if, you come across him at his worst. Yeah. It'd be cool if they misled you and then you actually put as John Marston. That'd it be stars that a new character named Arthur Morgan and is set before the events of the first game, as has been rumored. Okay. So I mean, it's really a it. similar time frame, because Dutch is a character that appeared in Redemption. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see, like, whatever it was. Maybe it, it culminates in whatever event turned John Marsden from his life of crime. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I'm fine with John Marsden not appearing at all. Right. I wonder I wonder if John Marsden would appear. That voice actor is, like, he lives in the middle of nowhere now and just, like, I think he just works on... He's gone full John Marsden? He... he... <laughs> There's there was a whole documentary about him after like how, he like really wanted to be a voice actor and an actor and he he got that job and afterwards he decided he just wanted to be a family man I think he lives in Kentucky or something like that now or maybe Kansas maybe uh, he's just gone method uh, yeah. maybe yeah. <laughs> he's just been preparing for this role yeah regardless like that looks great I'd also be happy with it being a standalone but in order for them otherwise it would be Red Dead Three. So mm-hmm. the fact that they've tied it to Red Dead Redemption I see or they would have called it like Red Dead. Danger or something. Oh, it has to start with an R. Come on. Uh, uh, Retribution. Uh, Red Dead. Ooh, uh, Red Dead Riverdale. You can have a crossover. No. You, you play Archie. Red Dead Revelation. There you go. We've already been through all these. Yeah, I, 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 have a, I have a bunch of R names if you want. Um, Red Dead Reconstruction. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, it'll, it's got to tie together at least enough to justify why it's a duo instead of just the third entry in the series. Right. It looks like it's going to do that. It looks visually absolutely stunning, and I trust what they'll do with gameplay because the first one was impeccable. Well, I, not the first one. I have no doubt. I mean, they've they've had several games. I mean, the GTA series is all about taking guys that are not good people and making them at least charismatic enough to enjoy being them. Mm-hmm. So, or at least like complex enough that you're like, right? You know, like you're yeah, you're a bad person, but yeah. you're not. All bad. Like you're there a real is, shit there's bag, something but you're my shit about bag. you. Right. <laughs> right. All right. So um, that I think about does it for this episode of Glitch, please. But if you are a Rooster Teeth first member, uh, you can also watch New Game Plus, our uh, exclusive post show on our website. And the reason you want to do that is we're starting to learn Japanese. Uh, ben we is te- yeah. Ben is teaching us Japanese so we can uh, play Japanese import games whenever we want to. And also we can sound really clever and stuff. Hi. So if you, what? Hi. There we go. Hi. Mm. So uh, if you want to learn Japanese uh, with us, um, please make sure you check out the post show New Game Plus. Otherwise, we'll be back with another episode next week. Please, if you're watching this, uh, give us a thumbs up. If you are listening on uh, either on Google Play or on iTunes or wherever you happen to be on the Internet, uh, please review our podcast and let everyone know that you like it so they can find it and enjoy it as well. It means a lot to us. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye.